Just Earthly is a podcast for the nature lover, environmental enthusiast, outdoor adventurer, free spirit, and seeker. We belong outdoors, where we find union, belonging, inspiration, and at home with ourselves, each other, and our planet. We go inside to go outside. We go outside to go inside. We gather for self-healing, world healing, here on this earth. Welcome to the Just Earthly Podcast. My name is Mandy Metzger, founder of Interland Botanicals, and I'm your host. All right. I am very excited to welcome Alex Edwards of Alex Roots Photography to the Just Earthly Podcast today. Um, Alex has been part of the Interlight Botanicals community. She's been a familiar face for a couple of years or so already. And she is doing amazing things through her business. I love her niche. So you're going to learn a little bit about that. Um, so hi, Alex. How are hi. you? Doing I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your business and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a photographer based in southeastern Pennsylvania. Um, I'm from a little town called Phoenixville. It's not so little anymore, actually. I guess I can't keep saying that because everyone seems to be moving here. Um, and I try to integrate nature and sustainability into my business as much as possible. Um, my slogan on my business cards is about capturing creative souls, businesses, and brands because I would rather work with brands and people and artists and creatives that have a that also have a nature focused background or at least can appreciate nature the way that I do. It wouldn't feel right to me to work with like some big corporate brand or anything like that just because that's not who I am. So yeah, I try my best to integrate that into my photography business. I love that niche. I it's interesting because a lot of times I hear photographers say that they're wedding photographers but um when I bumped into you I I did read um on your Instagram that you, you captured the beauty and importance of sustainable eco-conscious businesses mm -hmm. brands and creative souls so I do <laughs> I just absolutely love that um I, I think it's such a uh, an important niche um, and creative niche. I don't usually come across photographers um, that focus on on brands, e like eco-conscious brands. Mm -hmm. So um, I also read on your website that you are a hip camp photographer. Can you tell I me am. a little bit more about that? What is hip camp? It <laughs> so I for years now have been obsessed with Airbnb like people all my everybody in my life have come to me and been like okay Airbnb queen I need you know this kind of Airbnb with this kind of vibe this this date in this town we're going here blah 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 can you find me one and I am obsessed with Airbnb I don't I just think it's such a cool concept I think it's so much better to travel and to kind of stay in an Airbnb versus a hotel I think it makes your trip and your experience way more personal and you can almost kind of have a home with you instead of being in some hotel room where a you're not going to necessarily have everything you need you're not going to have a kitchen you're not going to have you know extra charger like things like that like the amenities that would make your trip even better 
So I've been into Airbnb for a long time and I always use Airbnb when I travel and I'm constantly, if you go on my Airbnb page, I have hundreds of saved Airbnbs that I plan to stay in, in the future. Like I'm, I'll just scroll. I don't scroll Instagram. I scroll Airbnb. So (laughs) I was trying to figure out a way. And I know that other professionals do it who are more advanced in their career than I am, but I know that there are Airbnb photographers out there who get you have a business taking photos of Airbnbs, almost like real estate photography, but for Airbnbs. And I wasn't exactly sure how that worked or how people came across that or came across Airbnbs that needed that. So I went directly on the Airbnb website looking for something like that. And I didn't really find anything. And I had heard about HipCamp also, and I knew that it was similar to Airbnb, but it's basically for camping and it's more outdoorsy. So instead of going and staying in someone's backyard in a cabin or a cottage or in their guest room, you're kind of just staying on their property or you're staying in a campground or anything like that. It's just more, it's more outdoors version of Airbnb. And I went on their website and I scrolled all the way to the bottom and I immediately saw photographers program, hip camp photography program or something like that. And I basically discovered that they have a whole photographers program where you can apply and they will look at your work, look at your portfolio, and they will accept you as a hip camp photographer, which basically means that you can go stay. You could pick, there's a list of people. There's a list of hip camps that you can pick from of people that host hip camps and have requested a photographer come to their property and take photos of their property or their hip camp or their tent, whatever they have for you to stay in. And so I found about I found out about that and I applied and I got accepted. So I can pretty much go on and pick one anywhere near me or wherever I am and I can stay there for free for one night as long as I take photos of the property and there is a list that I have to follow, but it's it's really fun. It's basically like camping for free and you're more than welcome to bring family, friends, dogs, whoever with you because they obviously want more people in the photos so that you can have people in the photos and you can kind of be sharing the experience yeah. that way. So yeah, it's really cool. That is really cool. What's yeah. your favorite hip camp? What place, what, what was your favorite place that you went to through that? We stayed at a place last, my boyfriend and I, we stayed at a place last fall. It was called Lake Gennaro. It was about two hours North of where I am. And it was really cool because it was way more than I was expecting it to be. I saw that it was kind of a newer hip camp and they were just starting to work on it. And when I was actually there, I was able to talk to the owner. Um, I've stayed at once before where I haven't really come in, come in contact with the owner just because they haven't been there or they've been busy or something. And I actually got to talk to the owner and he told me that they have so many plans for it. And I've seen, I follow them on Instagram and I've kept up to date with what they're doing. And I can see that they're following through with all those plans. So it's cool that I was kind of there in the beginning. And now if I go back again, there'll be more added to it. It was basically just a, it's a huge lake and they had all this property on either side of it. On on the one side, there were a bunch of rundown cabins that have probably been there for, I don't even know how long, but they were in desperate need of some work. And he was explaining how, they're going to take all of those down and build kind of like glamp sites and all of that. Okay. And they're just going to be doing so much with it. And they host so many events there. Literally the weekend that my boyfriend and I were there, they were hosting, I don't even know what it was. It was some type of craft market or something like that. And you can just tell that they're 
putting a lot of work into it. And it's, I'm really excited to see what they do in the future with it. And like I said, I've been following them on Instagram and seeing like what they're doing and all the events they're hosting. And it's just cool because the owner was like, Oh, maybe you can come back and take more photos once we have more to take photos of. And it's so fun. It's just cool. (laughs) It'll be cool to see the transformation of what they do. So yeah. yeah, that sounds amazing. So it's almost like Airbnb for the outdoor adventure pretty much basically I mean I told my parents it's basically like because they have four acres and I was like it's basically if you were to say hey you can come sleep in a tent in the bottom corner of my property and I'll charge you 40 bucks a night instead of having instead of having to build a structure or have some type of other house or something on your property for an Airbnb this is almost an easier way for people to kind of make a second income hosting as a hip camp because you're literally just renting out your property. Or if you have a farm or you do have some type of RV on your property, it's just, it's almost like a smaller version of Airbnb and more outdoors based. That is so neat. I'm going to have to try that sometime. I love camping. I usually only have camps really in like state parks and yeah, like that. But um, yeah. Yeah, but I also love Airbnb, so I feel like it's like a, a nice balance between It is. Those. It's a good mix between yeah. the two. It's yeah. funny because I recently stayed in a hotel, um, and it actually, I was like, this is depressing compared to, because I'm so used to Airbnbs now. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm in this box. That, yeah, exactly. I also, I don't, I don't even, <laughs> yeah, I don't stay in hotels very often, but I had to move my brother up to Boston a couple months ago and we stayed in a hotel and it was just, it's just not as personal. And you just, you don't realize how many things you don't have with you until you're in a hotel room and there's only so much in there. Like they only give you so much in the hotel room. Whereas if you were in an Airbnb, you have the comforts of a kitchen, of a laundry room, of all kinds of all kinds of things that you don't think that you need on a trip until you don't have them. So yeah, I stayed in an Airbnb in Sedona, Arizona, when I was out there in February, and they had tarot decks, tarot and oracle decks, and crystals. That's See, like, that's that's amazing. That's my place. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> amazing. Like that in a hotel for sure. Yeah, totally. It's <laughs> nice little touches. Yeah, exactly. It would have to be a really cool hotel if they provided that kind of thing. But I highly doubt that any hotel does that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, so you previously did a sustainability workshop for Interlake Botanicals. And do you want to, you did that a little bit earlier this year. Do you want to talk a little bit about your journey into your photography business kind of how you got into this amazing niche and also your um like your journey into a more sustainable lifestyle I am going to say side note to listeners that Alex was my inspiration that actually started me to really be more mindful about this sustainability um journey and um she kind of was like that starting point that like that little spark and then I started to go down the rabbit hole of that too but um yeah so Alex tell me a little bit more about that you and your journey so I believe it was it was just a few days ago I got a Facebook notification that it was six years ago this year like a couple days ago that I bought my camera so basically in the fall of 2015, I went to Italy for my cousin's wedding 
and I can I always I remember always getting cameras when I was a kid like those point and shoot cameras that were like 50 bucks from Walmart I remember always having those as a kid and always wanting to get my photos developed but I went to Italy back in the fall of 2015 and I was I was 20 I guess and it was I was definitely at that point where I was like okay I guess this is where I have to start figuring out what I want to do with my life (laughs) and my uncle is a photographer and he had his camera with him obviously and I was in you know a very beautiful country where every time you turn around there's something to take a photo of and so I he happened to be on the trip with me it was me him his girlfriend and my mom, we were all traveling together and we went to the wedding, but then we also went a bunch of other places and he let me kind of play around with his camera a little bit. And I just thought to myself, you know, people do this professionally and they get paid for it and they make a living off of it. And I just feel like there's such a, it's just driven into your brain when you're in school that the only career choices out there are doctors, lawyers, plumbers, electricians, just all the, all the generic careers that you know that's fine if you do that but that's not the only option out there and I just remember thinking I could do this I could totally do this so I kind of thought about it for a couple months and then I went and bought you know like a $300 DSLR camera and to tell you the truth it sat in a box for probably six months that I had it because and I've I've heard other photographers say this because it was so intimidating And I didn't know what I was doing. And I would get so frustrated because I would try to turn it on and I would have no idea how to do anything. And I didn't know how, I didn't know what any of the buttons meant. I didn't know what any of the settings meant. I didn't know what aperture was. And I would take a picture and it would look horrible. It would be so dark. It would be blurry. And I would be like, why is this so like, I I thought it was so much simpler than this. So it literally sat in a box for six months until I finally was like, this is ridiculous. I need to learn how to figure this out. So I eventually learned photography and kind of taught it to myself. And I just kind of started playing around with what I wanted to do with it. And I was definitely at that age where, like I said, everybody in my life was like, so what you doing these days? What are you doing? Are you in school? And then I started with, I would talk about my photography and everybody would be like, oh, well, what kind of photography do you want to do? And I tried, I did shoot one wedding at one point for a family friend. And I took pictures of the kids I babysat and I tried the whole family photos and it just all didn't sit right with me. Like, it's just not my thing. And it just wasn't really what I wanted to get into. So back in the beginning of 2020, um, before, you know, what 2020 was at the beginning of 2020, I was bawling my eyes out at all of the bushfires in Australia, like something about them just really did not sit well with me. And I was just heartbroken. And my boyfriend was coming home from work every single day to me just sitting on my phone, like looking at updates about the fires, crying, bawling my eyes out. And I just kind of started to really make a priority to learn more about why this was happening and what was happening with our planet. And I just kind of went in this wormhole and this was in January. So, you know, nobody's doing anything in January. So I had all the time in the world to go down a rabbit hole of, you know, Netflix documentaries and all of these different people on Instagram and YouTube. And I just started watching all these videos and I just started realizing that there's this whole other world out there and there's other ways to do things that were not really taught when we're growing up. Like when I was going to the grocery store as a child with my mom, and she needed to get apples, she would put them in the plastic bag with a twist tie and 
no one teaches you that there are other ways to do that. No one teaches you that you don't need to use the plastic bag. No one teaches you that there are actually cotton reusable bags that you can buy and bring with you to the store and use those so that you're not just putting a plastic bag into the trash can. So I just kind of went down this rabbit hole of learning about this whole other world and this whole other way to do things. And I realized that there was no reason why I couldn't just kind of integrate the two and just put my photography with my sustainability passion when I already, my favorite place to take photos is outside. Like you will never catch me taking photos inside. I mean, maybe with my phone, but there have been times where, especially when I was still learning and I was still getting started, there were times when people would ask me to take pictures at parties or something, but it was, if it wasn't going to be inside, I would literally say no. I was like, I don't know how to do that. I'm not good at doing that. And it's just not what I enjoy doing. I like taking photos of sunsets as corny as it sounds. I like taking photos of sunsets. I like taking super detailed shots of bugs and butterflies. And I like taking mountain photos. Like that's just not, that's just what I love to do. And so with my sustainability journey, I had this whole new world that it was so much fun to learn. It was so much fun to explore and learn about all these different, you know, you don't have to buy your meat at the grocery store. You can buy it from a farm or you can buy your produce from a farm. And I just realized that there's a whole other way of doing things. So I just kind of thought to myself, why don't I, you know, mix the two together? And that's how I kind of found my niche that I was looking for for years because I would keep going back and forth with photography being like, okay, now I know how to do it. So what am I going to do with it? And yeah, so I just kind of mixed the two together. I love that. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) It feels so good when you finally kind of, it's like you have these ideas and these interests and passions that just kind of hang around and then you yeah. find a way to merge it and it just feels so good it's it was awesome I don't know why it took me so long but I guess it took me so long because I was maybe the universe that was its way of telling me like it'll come the idea will come and then you will figure out how to do it <laughs> when you're ready like you have to learn how to use your camera first <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you have to, yeah you have to learn how to actually take good photos <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, I mean, you made some good points there. How I know, like how you inspired me, right with the sustainability with my personal sustainability journey. And I feel like it's so hard to actually find the resources. It is and how you were saying like, it's stuff that we're not taught really how to do this. And no, we're not. And it's a shame that we're not adult life or school really well recycle but they really didn't get much too much too deep into that no not at all (laughs) so yeah definitely have to do your digging and research into you do and the more that you dig the more that you will learn and Mm -hmm. then you reach a point where it gets a little bit overwhelming but then you just kind of keep going and you just like keep telling yourself that you know every little thing that you do helps so you just keep learning. I mean, I'm still learning and it's two and a half, two years in and I'm still learning. So, but it's fun. It's really fun. And it's just, it's just cool. And I talked about in my sustainability workshop that I have this thing I say where everything I do for the planet and everything that I integrate into my life to help the planet, it just makes me feel less heavy. I, it's just, it's just what I tell people. I don't know how to explain it. And, but if you really, if you think about it and if you think about what I'm saying, you might start to kind of understand what I mean by that. 
but that's the best way I can think to explain it is it just makes me feel less heavy. I I can feel that too. Um, and I think maybe part of that is just like less consumption, you exactly. know, it's yeah. just like less things. So it's yeah. just, it's just more of a, a minimal, minimal yeah. lifestyle in a yeah. way. So, and you're not carrying the guilt either. Exactly. Yeah. Even, That's what I mean. Even people that aren't on the, that the sustainability journey yet, um, like you're going to, I feel like you're still going to maybe unconsciously feel something. Yeah. You know, exactly. feel that yeah. yeah. Even if you're not, even if you're not someone like me who does every single sustainable habit that you can think of, if you, you know, deep clean your house and you go through three rolls of paper towels and you put them all into the garbage can, like to an extent, you kind of feel that you might not think that you do, but you do, you, yeah. you just, you're, cause that's, you're responsible for that. You're producing all of that waste and you're putting it into your trash can. And then you're the one that's emptying your trash can and putting trash, ca- trash bags into your trash cans four times a week versus like me and my boyfriend. I think we take our kitchen trash out once a week because we just don't put that much in there. And you might not think that you feel that, but you do. And you won't realize how much you do until you kind of go down the wormhole like I did. Yeah. I actually had gotten a smaller trash can on purpose. Yeah. So I, it would keep me more mindful about the the waste I was using and how, like, kind of cutting down on how often I needed to fill that bag. Yeah. That needed to fill a bag but yeah it definitely helped keep me more mindful yeah um, so you have said previously that you have cut out Target and Amazon how did you do that so I won't sit here and say I'm perfect at it I literally ordered something from Amazon yesterday but yeah. when it comes to Amazon number one I do not have Amazon Prime I paid for it for years and I always did. I don't know why. I don't remember if this was an option before because I've just heard recently that it, you can do like a monthly payment, but I always did the yearly one. So I paid, uh, it's like a hundred bucks or 120 bucks. I paid that every year. And when I was in my early twenties and more poor than I am now, um, I would get charged that every year and I would be like, Oh my God, that just came out of my checking account. And it was just always so unexpected. And then when I finally kind of went down this sustainability journey and started making all these swaps and using less stuff, I guess is the best way to put it. I realized I didn't really have a purpose for Amazon prime. And so now if I really need something and I'm, you know, I just can't find it anywhere else, or I know that like, it's something that I can't justify spending more on. And I know it's something I can get super inexpensively. I'll just use my sister's account, but it's maybe once every six months or so. And it's something that I'm not proud of, but I'm like, at least I don't have Amazon prime. I don't like condone Amazon. I just, it's just not my priority list. And yeah. to be completely honest, I'm not trying to throw my sister under the bus here, but like, Looking at her, <laughs> looking at her Amazon account, I'm like, that makes me feel heavy. Like all the stuff that they, I mean, don't get me wrong, she uses it for groceries, like all kinds of stuff. But still, I'm yeah. like, just knowing that I'm not doing that, I'm like, it makes me feel better. And then with Target, I also talked about this in my sustainability workshop that when I was living with my best friend, we would sometimes 
split groceries, sometimes not, but we would always split the household items. So Ziploc bags, paper towels, toilet paper. And there was nothing more frustrating to me. And those are just items that you don't buy every week because it takes you longer to go through them. And there was nothing more frustrating to me than going to the grocery store and spending almost $150, $200, whatever I was spending, and then coming home, realizing that I forgot to look if we needed any of those household items, and then realizing that we were out of toilet paper, we were out of laundry detergent, we were out of Ziploc bags, all things that like, I feel like Target's just the best place for that, just because it's all there, and it's all in one place, and it was just so frustrating to me that I not only spent this much money on groceries, but now I had to go back out to Target and get all this other stuff and spend another 50 to 100 bucks. So when I started my sustainability journey, I said to my boyfriend, my number one goal is to cut out Target. Like if it's something I need from Target, I probably don't need it because I'm making all of these swaps. So we don't buy toilet paper from Target anymore. We buy it from a company called Who Gives a Crap and they all of their toilet paper is recycled and it's a really good company they donate 50 percent of their profits to building toilets for other people this is not an ad for them but i'm just saying (laughs) but they ship it right to your door so like i don't need that at target and paper towels we don't buy paper towels anymore not the easiest swap warning you now but we don't do that anymore we don't we don't buy ziploc bags we have reusable ziploc bags so just all of those little extra literally, I think in Target, the big sign over the aisle says household, like all of the little extra household items, I just kind of made a point to, don't get me wrong, it is an investment for some of those things, like, you know, the reusable bags, you do have to put up the money for those. But I just made a point to make all of those swaps so that I didn't have to do those extra Target runs every week anymore. Because I just it was driving me crazy how much money I spent at Target. And it's on things that there are other options for. You don't need those things. Yeah. I started to, you had mentioned Earth Hero before. Um, yeah. in, uh, as we have um, connected before, like in the sustainability workshop. And I started to do, like, I've been trying to do six-month hauls. Yeah, exactly. Necessities. Yeah. And I've been trying to cut down more and more. And my plan is to do more DIY as well. Yeah. For some of those household products where it's more self-sustaining in a way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so far that's been helping me in yeah. cut out the quick target runs. Right, exactly. Um, paper towels. I did also get on um, Earth Hero. I did get the reusable paper towels that they have. Yeah. I will say... I still they're not the best some paper towels I have yeah. cut out the use of them mm-hmm. but when it comes to pets like the cat yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that's what I said too I mean at the end of the day it's really yucky when she has fur ball that comes up but... exactly yeah and I will admit too in the last two and a half years there have been times I've bought paper towels too especially like I'm a OCD cleaner I clean yeah. all the time and when I do my big like deep deep cleans like I'm like yeah. cleaning my windows and like all the gunk that comes out of your windowsill like it would just be and I only but I only do that once every six months I'm like but it would just be easier yeah. to do that with paper towels you know yeah mm-hmm. but it's all about like cutting out as much as possible so exactly. kind of, like even how you're thinking about Amazon Prime I also got rid of Amazon Prime because I noticed that 
I, when I had that, it would make me spend more because oh, yeah. I would save an, like at least that amount on shipping. Yeah, so exactly. I would keep on myself just buying and buying and buying things. So yeah. I felt like it was promoting consumption there. So yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I am not, I don't know that I've ever really thought about this until recently, but to an extent, I mean, my sustainability journey had already kind of taught me about how important it was to, to support small businesses and local businesses. And I mean, I think COVID taught us that also, but mm-hmm. once again, I used to be that person that I would be in Target and I would see a book that I wanted that was like $24 for the hardcover. And I'm like, I know this would be probably half this price on Amazon, but yeah. then it's like, then you're giving your money to Amazon and don't get me wrong. Not everybody is in financial positions to do those kinds of things. If you really want the book and you can't afford to pay $24 for it, then get it from Amazon. I mean, do what you have to do, but it's yeah. just, just be aware of how often you're doing that. And then I promise you not to go on a tangent, but I promise you, if you do start supporting local businesses or small businesses, it is so much more rewarding to spend your hard earned money than to give it to Amazon and to give it to Jeff Bezos, because it's just like those things go around on Instagram that say, you know, when you buy from a small business, someone does a happy dance. And it's so true. Yeah. I mean, I went to, it's true. It's so <laughs> I've, true. I've done that so many times. Yeah. It's I've so true. Like, smiles on my face. Exactly. And it's yeah. just so much more personal yeah. and it's so much more rewarding. And I mean, it's just, if you think about it, there's so many people out there that want to sit there and complain about money and not having money or, you know, the big corporations that have all the money and the taxes and, and it's like, okay, well then don't give your money to those corporations. Like, I mean, yeah. there are other options out there. So it's just, it's so much more rewarding. And like I said, I know that not everybody is always in the position to do that, but when you can, it's just, it's just better. I mean, I went to a craft market a few weekends ago in my area and I went with my mom. She invited me. I had no clue who was going to be there, what kind of vendors were going to be there. Did not know I was going to spend this much money. Didn't plan on spending this much money, but there were so many, there was like this girl that made homemade skincare and I bought stuff from her. And there was this other guy selling this really pretty pottery. And before I know it, I spent a lot of money, but I was like, you know what? I don't care because I just supported all of their businesses. I now know about more businesses that I can, you know, support in the future. I can follow their Instagram and I can kind of see what else they have. And it's just, it's so much more rewarding. It really is. So if I can spend my money in those places rather than Target and Amazon, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I completely am with you there. Even the earrings, um, people that are listening can't see these. Um, If you're watching YouTube, you can see them. But I have these awesome morel mushroom earrings that I got at Lancaster VegFest the other weekend from a small business. And I did get a whole bunch of other earrings from her as well. But it's just like... What's her name? Like, what's her business name? Envision Positive. Okay. Just wondering, because the style of them looked similar to this girl that I keep seeing her jewelry everywhere, too. I just saw her stuff in a coffee shop the other day. Really? Yeah. And it's just cool that you start to, when you do start supporting small businesses, you start to recognize people and you start to, like, my mom had gone to the same craft market that we went to back in the fall. And there's this, there's this soap company that apparently is based out of Phoenixville, which is where I live. And I don't, I didn't even know about them. 
And they literally recognized my mom because she bought so much soap from them back in the fall. And I was like, oh my God, well now I have to buy soap because now we're forming a <laughs> connection here. So yeah, it's just cool. It's more rewarding. You get to meet people and it's just, it's fun. Yeah. I will link in uh, where I got these earrings into the description on the YouTube channel and on this podcast description. Cool. So yeah, it's awesome to, it, it does just feel so good to support. It local, really does. Support small businesses. Yeah. It really does. Um, it really does make people do a happy dance. I, I, you can I attest that. to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Alex, I know that you aspire to do dun, 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 fan life in the I future. Do. I do. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. I, so those that are listening to this, <laughs> I know so many people named Alex that I have to come up with like nicknames for them but so this Alex I call Van Alex when I talk about her because that's just I'm proud of that I'm, I'm proud of that nickname yeah okay yeah. good yeah, I like that one Van Alex so once again I like to say that I like don't like social media or I don't like the internet but realistically the internet and social media has helped me a lot with some of the things that I have realized so I've always always wanted to travel I mean I can remember watching the travel channel with my mom Samantha Brown had that one show about she would go all these cool places and she was just this cool girl that would go get paid and get, like get paid to go all these places and that was before things like Instagram influencers existed so I think Instagram influencers are now the current version of Samantha Brown if you know who Samantha Brown is but so I've always wanted to travel. My dad and I have always talked about going out West. I've still to this day, I've never been out West ever. Um, and, but I've also always struggled with the idea, especially going out West, because there is not a single place on that side of the country that I don't want to go. I mean, yeah. you know, California, Oregon, Idaho, I want to go to all of them. And to me, the idea of spending money on a plane ticket and then spending money on some type of accommodation and going out there for a week and seeing one area and then mm -hmm. flying home. It just seems like a waste to me. And I'm like, if I'm going to be on that side of the country, I would want to see it all at once or consecutively, because to me, as far as, I mean, if I had all the money in the world, I guess it would be different. But to me, it also is so hard for me to justify doing something like that while also paying rent or paying a mortgage because you know, if I do do something like that and I pay all this money for a plane ticket, all this money for accommodations, and then I go out and spend however much money I do on the trip and I'm gone for a week, my landlord isn't just going to, you know, knock a week off of my rent that month. I still have to pay that portion of my right. rent, even though I wasn't here using my apartment. And so to me, I've just always struggled with that part of travel. And I've always wondered, you know, how am I ever going to make as much travel as I want to do happen because financially I'm not there yet. So back, we moved into this, my boyfriend and I moved into our current apartment in September of 2019. So we're coming up on three years. And when we moved in here, we have a three bedroom apartment and there's two rooms above where I'm sitting right now that are to this day, completely empty. And we had every intention of, you know, he was going to have an office and I was going to have an office up there and we were going to make it this like super cool 
apartment and I had all these ideas for decorating and literally two months within moving in here, I kind of discovered the world of van life and RV life on YouTube and Instagram. And I was hooked and I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like, these people are not paying rent. They are not paying a mortgage. And I showed it to my boyfriend and my boyfriend is down with anything. And he was like, this is so cool. We have to do this. So that was, it's depressing to think about the fact that that was two and a half years ago. So we're not exactly there yet, but we are working on it. It's definitely in our future because we're just not, we're not looking to buy a house right now because A, the market is terrible and B, we're just not people that know where we want to settle down yet. And I couldn't justify settling down if I hadn't seen the whole country and where I want to live. And I'm also someone that because I haven't done a ton of travel within the United States, not to say that there aren't beautiful countries on this planet that I would love to go to, but as of right now, I would be just as happy traveling within the United States just because I haven't seen all of the United States. So, oh my gosh, I know. And I haven't seen like, I haven't seen any of it. I've been to North Carolina and South Carolina a ridiculous amount of times. I don't know how that happened. I've been to Florida, I've been to Alabama, and I've been to the states around here. And that's pretty much it. Like, I haven't really gone all the places that I want to go. And for all I know, I could go out to Bend, Oregon and fall in love and want to live there. So to me, I'm just not someone that wants to settle down and buy a house yet because of that reason. And to me, I just think for us, already being kind of minimalistic people who don't need a lot to be happy. I just think that something like van life or RV life is the ultimate dream and goal. And I would be more than happy living in a van versus like living in a mansion. So we're working on it. We're not there yet, but it's definitely in the works and it's definitely on our priority slash goal list. And it's definitely our next move when we can do it. So I am already excited for you. I will, I'm going to mark this here. So when you do van life, yeah. officially, we're going to come back here and do another podcast while you're doing van life. Oh, that so, just gave me butterflies yeah. in my stomach. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Someday you're going to be listening to this and you'll be like, oh, I remember that. And it just felt so like, you know, sometimes you have these aspirations. It, it's like, it seems so far off but so far out there Um, like it sometimes it feels like it won't ever happen but it does in right timing I'm a big believer in that yeah um yeah yeah, even looking back on the last two years there's definitely been times where I'm like it wouldn't have worked anyway if like we had done it then so it's probably better that it hasn't happened yet because of certain jobs or schedules or money or you know and just I do I do think that also I'm like okay it hasn't happened yet but it will when it's supposed to and when all the little pieces fall into place so what yeah. do you think will be the hardest part of van life like in terms of even downsizing maybe what you have having a dog and a cat in a van that would be I mean, I mean people people do it people do it all over the internet and I'm not saying that we're not going to do it because we are I don't think my boyfriend would ever leave anywhere without our dog and our cat but I just think it's a lot of work to get them to that point I mean I've watched a lot of people online talk about you know with cats specifically because there's so many cats that aren't outdoor cats being like our cats we've taken her outside like once and we've held her but for the most part she's an indoor cat 
And it's like, you know, not only do we have to get them used to going outside, but you would have to get them used to a harness and you would have to get them used to walking on a harness like a dog would. And it's just (laughs) all of that kind of training, I think will be tedious and time consuming and maybe frustrating. And I've definitely seen people say like, you know, keep going because it is frustrating, but you will get them there. And there's people that are like, you know, my cat had never been outside. She had never done this. She'd definitely never been in a harness, but they made it work. Yeah. And so I'm like, we can do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. They'll yeah. Jump. I, yeah. I tried to put my cat um, in a harness. Ollie, my French bulldog, has a harness, but um, I had a smaller one and I tried to put her in it. And she just, because I thought it would be amazing for her to just go outside. Right. Um, kind of take a little walk with us you know yeah. but nope she just lays down flat as flat as can be on the floor and it's like yeah. no I'm not going anywhere <laughs> exactly our yeah. cat's definitely curious like she will cry at the door when we take our dog outside at night because we live on like Aww. a private property so we'll just me and my boyfriend will go out there and like talk and we'll just be like yeah. we'll send our dog down the stairs and she'll go do her business and our cat will be inside crying at the door so I think she's Aww. definitely curious and she wants to go out there but she's just kind yeah. of like I don't know what's out there so yeah I think that might be the most tricky part oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I'll check in with you about this when yeah. you're actually doing van life, we'll, we'll cool. chat how how you worked through that challenge. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so um, I usually like to talk about how you, um, your business connects with nature, but I think it's kind of obvious. <laughs> I always ask people that I'm interviewing how you weave nature into your business, but I think we already covered that pretty good. Um, I will say for those that are listening that Alex was my photographer, is my photographer, but she did the passion portraits for all the yoga, um, the yoga meditation photos that you see on my website. And also it's that background picture that is on my Just Earthly podcast picture. So if you want to take a look at that or my website, um, you'll get to see some of her work that she's done. Um, and she was so fun to work with too. Oh my gosh. We, we went hiking to take, to take these photos. <laughs> yep. I knew this was coming. Yep. <laughs> I can't not bring it up. I so, know. We went hiking and we got attacked by cicadas. Truly, <laughs> truly attacked, like full on attacked. Like I'm and not really, so big. I'm not really scared of bugs, but truly attacked by cicadas. Yeah, yeah. and she I think we went like literally the week. Just so happened to be the week that they were, I guess, the worst that they had been, or something, or they were. I think it was. It was really after that they weren't around anymore. I know, I yeah, because I remember, I remember a few days after that being like, okay, now I see no cicadas whatsoever, and they were yeah. horrible when we went. Yeah, that was, but we did it. <laughs> yeah, we did it. You saved me from uh, a cicada attacking me. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> So yeah, Alex is a lot of fun to work with. Super flexible, goes with the flow. I loved how you chose to take the pictures at Golden Hour. It just kind of happens that way. I was in the back of my head worried that we were going to get stuck out there in the dark because that's one of my 
it's like one of my fears is being on a trail um and then it getting dark in the middle of a trail but we made it back we, we got did. beautiful pictures and we made it back before some official sunset so yeah it was um, fun yeah it was and she will be doing more photography sessions with me in the future so um so Alex I usually like to end with how you heal through nature so I I, I'm part of this podcast is to the the mission is to do this for self-healing and world healing so um kind of like developing an appreciation through nature and then making sure that we're working on healing ourselves and then going out. Um, you've done yoga classes with me, how I'll say, you know, we're on, on a yoga mat and I say we practice here on the mat so we can take this out into the world and um, bring that into the world as well. So my question to you is how do you heal through nature? So I was actually just thinking about this the other day and I would say my answer would have to be, I always bring myself kind of back and center myself with thinking about the fact that no matter what is going on in the world, which I think we all know right now, there's a lot of bad things happening in the world. No matter what is going on in the world, no matter what is going on in my world, no matter what is going on in my friends and family's world, I always think about the fact that nature just literally keeps going. I mean, nature is, no matter if you are, you know, in the hospital, if you just lost someone to death, if you, no matter what is going on, there are still flowers blooming. There are still rain coming down. There's still clouds moving. There's still birds chirping. There's still animals looking for food. And it's just, I always kind of center myself and bring myself back thinking about that, that, you know, no matter what happens outside in the world, in the sky, on the ground, wherever, you know, forest fires, earthquakes, tornadoes, nature keeps going and they always, always, always keep going. So to me, I just kind of think, you know, if nature can keep going, I can keep going because it does no matter, because after a big storm, the sun still comes back out. The moon still rises every single night, every, you know, March, April, everything starts blooming every, you know, November, all the leaves start falling and it just always keeps going. And it's been like that for however long this planet has existed. And it just always, I mean, I hope it will always be like that, but you know, it just keeps going. And I think that knowing that and thinking about that keeps me going because I definitely have a tendency to get into my own head. And I think that, you know, what's happening in my world is literally the end of the world, but then I just kind of look outside and no matter how upset I am, no matter how excited I am, no matter what emotion I'm feeling, there's still birds chirping and there's still clouds yeah. moving and there's still rain falling. And it's just, it's just kind of comforting to think about. And it's something that most people probably don't think about because we're just so go, 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 go all the time. And we're always so wrapped up in whatever is going on in our lives that we don't stop and think about what's going on outside. And so I just kind of bring myself back thinking about that and thinking about, you know, if nature can keep going, I can keep going too. Yeah. 
It's interesting that you say that because one of the things that I think about during the um, pandemic, like in the very beginning there in um, March 2020 into April 2020 is that I walked outside and I saw things blooming and I had that same aha moment where I was like, wow, there's so much death right now. And there's so much fear and heaviness, but you see these, like this green, and the, like things start to just like shoot, yeah. shoot up and like bloom. And I'm like, wow, it's like nature. It's just, still, it's, yeah, it's still okay. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still so, happens. Yeah, I, yeah. So I definitely resonate with that too. Yeah, uh-huh. there's no one controlling it with their cell phone. There's no one like you know telling it to do that. It just does it because that's what it does and that's how it survives yeah yeah such a good point thank you for sharing that yeah of course yeah so what ways can the listeners connect with you so on instagram my instagram handle is alex rose photography underscore because of course everyone's worst nightmare when i went to do alex rose photography it was already taken I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure she's in like Tennessee or something. Um, actually, I think it was Nebraska, maybe. But there's some other Alex Rose photography somewhere in this world. Um, <laughs> and then my website is alexrose.photos, and you can find me on either of those. And awesome. on my website, it's still in the works. I've been super super busy, but on my website, I am probably going to do a huge revamp soon and I am going to be putting a whole sustainability section onto my website because okay. I just I don't see the point in making two separate websites for two separate things when I could just kind of yeah. all integrate them on the same website. So, I dabbled with, you know, making a separate blog or something like that, but I was like, no, I'll just put it I already have a website. Let me just that's where people notify me, so I'm just going to put it all on there so yeah easy to find you and yeah. what you're up to and doing so yeah. yeah I'm excited for your revamp so I'll keep an eye out for that yes <laughs> well thank you Alex so much for connecting again it's good to chat and um for, yeah, for having me to, to share here on the just earthly podcast